This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 144 of the Dressage Radio Show. Hello, Chris Stafford with you again back in the studio here in Lexington, Kentucky, after my excursions around Florida for the past few weeks. And as you all know, whilst I was in Florida, I visited the new Global Dressage Festival, which just this weekend held its second competition. So joining me to talk about that and a few other things I know you will enjoy having back on the show, our good friend, Debbie McDonald. Well, thank you, Chris. It's been a it's been a while. It has. You you stepped away from the microphone for a while, but you've been very busy, <laughs> haven't you? Yes, I have. I have. But it's good to be back. And uh, tell everybody where you are now, because there's a reason why you've been busy. You never stay too far away from the sunshine. We know that. <laughs> That's right. Only this year we uh, we went a little further than California, and we're in Wellington, Florida. So. Um, kind of fun to be in the, the hotbed of, of dressage and um, quite a social life here. <laughs> <laughs> You're managing to keep up with the socializing, are you, Debbie? Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, you almost look forward to an evening at home. <laughs> <laughs> Your social obligations. Well, Welly World is where it's at, really, in, in, the, in the winter, isn't it? I just came back from there. It was very nice to catch up with you briefly at the Masters. And I had a couple of weeks in Welly World and uh, took advantage of catching up with a lot of riders. But we didn't get time to sit down. You were very busy with your obligations there so let's uh, talk about exactly what what is Debbie McDonald doing in Wellington Florida well um, we're here with uh, four horses we're here with Wizard and Adrian has two younger horses coming up behind and then um, Jane Perry Perry and Peggy's daughter um, has her older Grand Prix mare so we brought four horses thinking you know this was a great year to be out and having all this opportunity with all these CDIs and just horse show after horse show and everything so conveniently close to your home that um, if any year we were going to try to do it, this would be the year. So we decided to bite the bullet and, and come this direction. Now, this is, means having to turn your back on an Idaho winter which is probably not too much of a hardship, is it? No, I don't mind that part of it. <laughs> I mean, if it, if it was summer or fall, I would have a hard time. But in the winter, I don't have any problem walking away from the snow. <laughs> well, as you said, you're down there with four horses, lots of com- competition, and not least of all this past weekend. Of course, Adrian did so well, as, as we had already mentioned on the show uh, during the Masters. But then on to the Global Dressage Festival. I want to talk about that, Debbie, because I saw the first show there at that brand-new facility, and it had its second show this past weekend, and I know you were there. So uh, give us your impressions of that new facility? Well, I really have to say, I think this is going to be the most amazing thing for dressage. Um, I mean, where, or I can't even think of when we ever thought that somebody would build a facility like this in the United States for just dressage. 
And it really, I think it will hold up every expectation that's been, you know, given to it. And I think it has all the opportunities to hold possibly a, a, a World Cup or World Equestrian Games. Um, it amazes me how much I've seen it happen in front of my eyes already. The first show, they, you know, had to do some stuff to make the show happen and block off all the construction. And um, they managed to get that all together and get the first show off. And then by the time I came back for the second show, they had put in palm trees and the lights for the freestyle night and a little bit of sod grass. And (laughs) it was like, you know, it was, it's really quite amazing. Laid down asphalt. (laughs) Really? Yeah. yeah, I mean, unbelievable. um, Every time you go there, how much progress they're making. Yeah, it is extraordinary. Well, and the, for those uh, of our listeners who didn't tune into the episodes when I was down there, let's just remind everybody that we've got the main international arena, haven't we? And then there's the warm-up arena right next to it and this wonderful covered arena that is going to be fabulous, Debbie. From And from what I understand, they it will hold at least four dressage arenas in it. So it's it's enormous, and and it could be even underestimated. I mean, it is probably one of the biggest coverage I've ever seen, um, which I think will be lovely. But they also had the other arenas uh, in working order this weekend, and that was um, where they did the national part of the show. And uh, the footing out there was absolutely amazing, and they had two national rings going. So it was, um, they really were up and running in full full swing this time. And I believe all the, the patrons tent, all of that uh, had come to life uh, now that that yes. was fully occupied. It was, it was indeed, and um, quite um, a good turnout for the freestyle night. And uh, it was, you know, the first time the lights had been turned on and um, the food was excellent in the tent. And it was just, it really was, uh, it was quite, a, a, again, a very wonderful evening and a very good social evening as well. And not just a liquid dinner then? No, it wasn't. It was really, <laughs> it was amazing. They had a pasta bar and they had prime rib and they had, I mean, it was unbelievable. Well, sounds wonderful. Now let's talk about uh, the action, Debbie. What happened in the arena there? Because, of course, uh, we had the small tour and then we had the Top Guns as well competing. What uh, did you have a chance to watch of those of the small tour? Um, I didn't get a, a chance to watch much of the small tour. Um, I did uh, watch the Grand Prix and was... Um, Really excited to see progress in in several combinations. It was really exciting to see. Um, Todd looked very strong on on his horse. Todd Fletcher, Otto, Otto, yes, yep, uh, looked very strong and uh, much more secure. I mean, just really looked and rode very very well. And um, James Cofford also. Um, on the um, Pharaoh horse um, was amazing. For, I mean, that horse has come a long ways, and uh, he's riding him really well. And, you know, he's still a hot little tamale, but he really seems to 
be holding it all together and really making progress. And then Heather Blitz, um, of course, an amazing horse and just so green. And like she said, she wishes she had another year, but it is what it is, you know, and, and she's just handling it so tactfully and well, and yet the horse is progressing and doing very well in the ring as well. Right. Well, so it was really good. Yes, James Cofford, of course, he's been campaigning uh, Pharaoh and, uh, and Rhett, uh, Rhett, uh, Rhett, I think, throughout the Florida circuit so far. We saw him at the uh, CDI Four Star during the Masters as well. And, um, and Pierre Saint-Jacques, he, I think Pierre is based down there too. He is always, yeah. he's just been so consistent. Yes, you know, lucky, lucky Tiger this is, of course. Yep. And really, the horse is so honest in the ring now, and um, and I really, at some times, I really feel like they could bump his scores up, and he seems to be kind of stuck in a rut there. They don't seem to be changing their their scores on it, which is is a shame. I think sometimes he really does deserve to be up a little higher. But such a great competitor, and always in good spirits, and you know, just just a great guy. Now, uh, tell us about uh, Ashley Holzer. She, of course, has got Breaking Dawn as well. We've seen uh, that horse out a few times this year, and she finished second in the Grand Prix, didn't she, behind uh, Tina Willems and Solson? Yes, and again, you know, I I love this horse. I saw him for the first time at the Masters, and um, he was even better here. So um, I think he's definitely her new New, really exciting mount. You know, he's really he's got a he's got it all. And Ashley, of course, is based down there for the winter very wisely. I can I can imagine it's much more preferable than a, than the, the Canada in winter. And obviously, wonderful opportunities, as you said, because now with this new facility, there's just something constantly at the Jim Brandon at White Fences, Loxahatchee or at uh, this new festival, it, 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 it just you just have so many competitions to choose from, don't you? You do, and, and really what's so nice is, um, you know, everybody is either renting or owns a home or something here, and you, you just can stay in your home and drive, you know, 20 minutes max to just about any show you can go to. Yes. So it's like, it's, it's such a nice, a nice thing to be able to come back to your home and not pack a bag every time you want to do something. <laughs> and um, it's very, very convenient. It really is convenient. Well, as we know, Ashley, as I mentioned, is based down there for the winter and so many other Canadian riders too, Debbie. And I, I, I noticed that Jacqueline Brooks, who was competing in the Grand Prix this past weekend, she was actually coaching the Canadian event riders up at the O'Connor's farm in Ocala. I was watching her just last week, uh, sharing her expertise with the eventers, and uh, as well as as well as those two, there's um, I believe uh, Joni Lynn Peters and Victoria Winter, Tom Vorak, yep. of course, Evie Straza, yep. uh, Gary. Yeah, Van quite Lundberg. a quite a contingency. Yeah, huge contingency. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think and, that and class was probably half Canadian and half American, wasn't it? Oh yes, I think you're right. It was, it was, and um, and they're always great. And you know, um, Jackie is just always, you know, just such a fun. And what a great job she's doing with that horse. You know, he, you can see progress every time. And she says it's pretty cool because you know she's trying to, 
again, you know, she's here for a reason, and she's trying to get all the exposure and experience for the horse while she's here. And um, so he's campaigning quite a lot and really progressing. So it's fun to watch all this in action. Well, Diane Creech is another one, of course, David Marcus and uh, Stephanie Jensen, Nancy McLaughlin. There's just so many Canadians, and I'd imagine for them it's going to be very competitive to get on their team for this year's Olympics, Debbie. I think so. I mean, I you know I haven't really sat down and looked looked to see where everybody's scores are or, or anything like that. But um, but the fact that there are so many here, I mean, you know, they're probably all here for the same reasons. So yes. um, yeah, it's very um, very exciting to see. It'll be interesting to see how that shakes down. Diane Creech, of course, is another one. She actually finished, uh, I think, sixth in the freestyle. Now, you got to watch the freestyle amongst the socialising there in the VIP's tent. And uh, and that, of course, was won by Tina Wilhelmsen-Silfen with uh, Donna Ariello. That, that has been very consistent with her. She's had a great season so far, Tina, hasn't she? She really has. Um, yeah, she's she's looking quite strong on that horse and... You know, she rides so well and accurate. It's just it's such a pleasure to watch her and, and watch her schooling and everything. I just uh, really admire her. She was, of course, third in the Masters, for those of you who are following the winter circuit down there in Florida. And uh, I did uh, visit her at home. That is uh, on, uh, I think, last week's show. So you can uh, take a, a walk around, metaphorically speaking, around Tina's uh, winter base there in Florida with me when she showed me around. Uh, now, uh, tell us about the the, pro, the programs that you watch, those freestyle programs, Debbie. Anybody that really stood out for you? Any Anything new uh, that you hadn't seen before? No, I mean, other than, um, like I said, uh, I have, hadn't actually seen um, the horse that uh, Tina rode here before. Um, I had seen her on Favorite before, but I hadn't watched this horse. And um, and it looked I I really uh, thought she looked quite strong in the in the freestyle, right. and um, and other than that, most of the combinations I have seen. And like I said, it it's fun to watch the progression of all of them. You know, they do seem to be getting a little better and a little stronger. And like I said, it's sure easier to keep your skills up when you've got so many to choose from. It certainly is. It sharpens your tools, doesn't it, when you have that kind of competition and you're going to be out amongst the best every week down there. Yeah. Uh, now let's talk a little bit about um, there's some, some other rides down there that I was curious about um, in the Grand Prix. Of course, Todd won that, as you mentioned. He won, well, he won, he won the special now, won moving on to the yeah. special. Yeah, and, uh, he did Ashley uh, second with Breaking Dawn and Heather third with Paragon, then uh, Pierce and Jacques with Lucky Tiger. Susan Giacomo, uh, that's someone we have not had on the show. I have to get Susan on the show. Did you see Wadamaya, her, her? I did not get okay. to see that one. No, um, I was schooling a couple of riders, and so I did. I was unable to see all the rides, but I did see um, the top. Well, I, I take it back. I saw the top, too. I did not actually see Heather's test. Um, in the special, but I did, uh, I did see her schooling. So, but, um, but I, like I said, they, um, 
I, it was just, it, it was really fun to see them all looking so uh, polished, you know, I mean, really starting to, to look like really, really contenders. Yes, absolutely. Shauna Harding, we should mention her, of course. She went in the Grand Prix. Absolutely, and she's been, again, you know, she's another one, very, very consistent and rides so accurately and beautifully. Um, you know, so she's always right there. You can always count on her to be right there and consistent. Absolutely. Well, it's all shaking up, isn't it, uh, towards the, the big prize this year at the Olympic Games. Very competitive it will be as we get towards those selection trials in June, two weeks of selection trials in Gladstone. Now, you know that pressure as well as anybody, Deb, as you're getting closer and closer to that determination as to who will go and who will stay at home. Yep. Yep, it is. It's, um, you know, it starts to, to really start to consume your your whole life at this point now and um you know like you said everybody's goals are are to at least make it to the trials and hope for their their best two rides or now i guess it's four because they're taking the special equally as much as the grand prix so it's not just two rides anymore it's four so that's even more pressure to be consistent and on your top of your game Oh, I see. So they're going to take the scores from all four then in their yep. determination for the final selection as to who gets on the team. Yes, yes. Well. Because now the special is part of the team, not, you know, the part of the team. So it used to just be the Grand Prix, but now each rider will get to ride twice. So they will do the Grand Prix and the Grand Prix special, and that will determine the team medal. Right. That it's going to be very difficult. Now, obviously, you have a vested interest, obviously, with your rider, Adrian Lyle and, and Wizard. Uh, we've talked about this before because you said you were as nervous on the ground as you were in the tank. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> because, you know, it's completely out of your control once you're not on the back. So, And uh, you ride, you know, every step, of course, and... and um, and you you know them inside and out, their strong points and their weak points, and so you're you know you're just churning inside the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> well, that leads me on to something else I want to talk about this week, Debbie. You know, and and that is coaching because you have other roles and responsibilities apart from your private clients at all. So, um, share with us, if you will, how your winter has been with those obligations for the developing riders, and and what your program is for this summer uh, coming up? Well, basically, um, I am going to do, um, I've done one on the east and one on the west, and I have um, two more on the west coast and two more on the east coast before, um, pretty much before the trials. And then um, what I'm going to do this year that's going to be different is from either coast, I'm going to, choose um, six to eight riders depending on, you know, my feeling on how how they progress through the year and, and how the horses are coming along. And I'm actually going to conduct a week-long camp on either coast. And um, I'm pretty excited about it because thank, thanks to Akiko Yamasaki, um, she's made this possible for the developing program to have this kind of system now. And, um, so I've got, you know, I'm trying to get it all lined out, how we're going to, and mapped out, how we're going to 
go from there during the week, but definitely it would be, you know, the regular training and things like that, but we're going to have some media training and we're going to do um, maybe some sports psychology and test writing and, you know, viewing it afterwards. So um, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to be able to have more than just a couple of days to, you know, go over things and just be able to talk to the writers and if there's, you know, just questions they want to ask. And when you have a little more time with them, they kind of open up and, and you get into deeper conversations sometimes. So it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, that's, of course, is important, isn't it, to get to know the personalities when they're not in the tack and find out what makes them tick. That must help you as a coach. It definitely does, yes, because, you know, sometimes you come in and, and you um, you don't know really what's gone on in the past. You only see what you see today, and um, they could have things that have happened in the past that they can't really let go of, and you can help them through that because you don't see it, and then they can learn to try to work through it without thinking about it. So it's it is it's it's very it's it's challenging in some regards, but but also um, very rewarding when you can get that. And I've also this year had great feedback from the, their own personal trainers coming to to watch their their students, which has been something we've all been fighting for to keep. Um, consistency and and be able to really follow through with you know where we we all want to get how many people would be on that developing rider list debbie and and remind everyone how that list is determined well the list goes goes off of you get invited several different ways um one obviously is if you've gone to the, to the championships you're you automatically on the developing list um, and then also can be um, invited through um, if you're doing a developing horse and you finish, um, I believe it's first or second. And then also the Brentina Cup riders, um, if they finish, I forget, first or second. Um, also through the other coaches, um, if they see a combination that they feel is something that needs to get seen or worked with, um, they can recommend, and they will be put in the in the program. So we have a lot more leeway now into getting to combinations that maybe haven't had the um, opportunity to get in the shows. Um, maybe they're a little behind right now, but the horses are now at a point where they can really start stepping it up. So um, it's not... It's not like it used to be where you only could get on those clinics with just a certain certain way. Now we have a little bit more of a system that we can feed from. It's kind of like, you know, through Jeremy's and Scott's and Anne's, we all try to see and feed into each other's programs. Now we talk about talking about coaching. This is not something for everyone, and I we've touched on it before when uh, you and Lendon have been on the show quite a while ago. And the, you know the the, the 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 actual requirements for being a, a coach are not for everyone, are they, Deb? And just because somebody's good in the tack doesn't mean to say they're necessarily going to be a good trainer of horse or coach of rider. 
How, what do you think that you have brought from your riding and showing experience to where you are now? What sort of skills are you drawing on? I think a lot of the reasons why I've become a, a, a decent teacher is because it, it was not that easy for me in the beginning. It wasn't like I was a natural, um, and I, you know, I spent a lot of time being meticulous and very um, accurate and really, you know, studying and, and doing a lot of, of observation. You know, I'm a very visual learner as well. So um, hours of sitting by, you know, class Falcon Hall and watching him teach and, and, and watching every time I have the opportunity, even today, um, sitting ringside, listening, watching. I don't think it's anything you can ever stop getting better at. And I think it's a good coach or a good trainer is one that, that doesn't settle for something being at, it's okay. It has to be, you have to really be incredibly picky. And, um, I mean, that's what our sport is all about, is accuracy and being incredibly you know, very, very, very picky about transitions and things like that and position and making sure that, that it all works together and everybody is in working in the same direction. So um, it's just, it's an intense uh, situation and I love every moment of my job. Well, certainly it's intense, and you mentioned that attention to detail, too, is critical when everything is based on precision and timing. But there's also the communication skills that are uh, an essential part of, you know, of, of being a good coach. And, and I think that's where sometimes you know, people sort of stop learning when they think they know the horse world, they know dressage, they, they think they're good equestrians. But have they honed their skills? Are they continuing to learn how to be good communicators? This is an, is an, is an important part of that component, isn't it? It really is. Um, because, you know, so many times you repeat the same thing, you know, over and over and over again. And you cannot let that get you frustrated. So it takes a lot of patience because... Um, you know, you do have to repeat things several times and not not lose that 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 goal and that sight of what you really want to accomplish. And trying to just find ways to get the riders to where they can feel um, exactly what that moment felt like, help them understand the the feel of what a pirouette canner should feel like, and things like that. Um, and I think. You know, a lot of people can say, bring the horse back and make it do a pirouette, but can they really help you understand what it is you, sh- you need to be feeling and able to execute it properly? That's right. It is joining up all those dots, isn't it? And, and now, do you get in the tack when you need to to demonstrate any of those points, Debbie, or do you find you can handle that as a coach from the ground? Um, well, you know, with all my past injuries and, and surgeries, I've been out, you know, I, I can't say that I've been able to do a lot in the tack as of probably the last year and a half. Um, but I, I usually am very successful in getting the point across without doing that. 
And rule number one, as you just said, is patience. And a lot of these tools that you need to be a good coach do come from years of experience. And it does make make an enormous difference, doesn't it, as you go through the sport, that you can embrace the patience that you need to be a good coach and not look for instant gratification because that's that's a that is a, just a short-lived satisfaction isn't it it truly is it definitely is and it's the same with the writing as well um you know it it doesn't come that quickly and it you know it takes time and and you have to be willing to have the patience to make that happen too well time so time, and, time and talent yes Yes, time, absolutely. Time and time. On both parts. On both parts, of course. Um, which, yeah. which leads me on to my final point, uh, Debbie, this week, and, and that is about the rising standards and, and the diversity of talent that, that we have in the U.S. because we're hearing about it in other countries as well, but we're developing really quite a broad base of talent, aren't we, as you will have seen around the country? We are, and um, what's exciting is to see the the younger generation, um, the the riders that we have coming up. Um, unfortunately, we don't always get to see them be in the ring because, you know, as you know, unless you have the right horse, uh, you don't get those opportunities. So, but it is we do have some beautiful riders that I think are going to be beautiful teachers as well. And I think that's just as important as the showing aspect um, because we need good teachers to keep bringing up the new generation. We do. And uh, you can never stop learning, whether you're in the tech or on the ground, whether you're a budding coach, budding trainer, any of those things. And the important thing is to never stop learning. You made that point uh, earlier, Debbie, how you will stand at the side of a ring and just observe, observe, observe. And uh, and that's a message I think to everyone is, is just to keep open-minded and never stop learning. Absolutely. And you do, you need to be able to, you know, think outside the box sometimes because not every horse or rider learns the same way. So you have to be willing to step outside the box and try some things a little differently sometimes. And uh, and appreciate the difference in psychology too. Debbie, before we go, let's talk about what your schedule is now for the spring time coming up here. And when do you head back to the northern, northern country? Well, um, you know, so much is going to depend on these next couple months, um, how a green and wizard progress. Um, I think our plan would be to do the trials and then be heading back uh, soon after that. Um, I think we're going to try to stay on the East Coast up till that point um, unless something else happens otherwise. But um, it doesn't make much sense to take the horse back all the way back to the West Coast to fly all the way back again to the East Coast to do the trials. Right. So I think that is what our plan is going to be at this point anyway. That can change in a day, so... <laughs> it certainly can it certainly can Debbie well I'm glad you're going to be on the same time zone as us for a while we'll get you back on the show in a few weeks and see how things are panning out uh, as the season unfolds there down in, in Wellington because you've got a few more shows at the Global Dressage Festival to go to haven't you yeah they're going to have I think there's two more there so that'll be um, 
that'll be a lot of fun and um, looking forward to seeing how they've dress the place up even more by that time. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. How many more palm trees they've been able to put in and sod. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, we'll continue to watch that with interest, of course, and bring you all the news here on the Dressage Radio Show. But finally, before I let you go, Debbie, the most important question of the week is, have you been watching Downton Abbey? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, Debbie, <laughs> I'm a failure. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all—it's all this socializing. You clearly haven't had time for Downton Abbey. That is really true. I haven't had time. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I won't quiz. You'll you. have to fill me in on that on one day. We'll have to have a a coffee or something, and and you can fill me in on all of it. I, I certainly will, because I think you would thoroughly enjoy it if you had the time to to watch it. Uh, so I'll fill you in when I see you. Hopefully catch up with you again down there in Florida before the end of the season. I hope so. Terrific. Well, thank you so much for joining me this week, Debbie. Uh, take care and uh, good luck with the horses. Well, thank you and thanks for having me again. Always a pleasure. That's uh, our show for this week. I will be back, of course, at the same time, same place next week. So until then, don't forget to check out all our show notes at dressageradio.com. And thank you for listening. 